Welcome everybody to the Extra Credit Show. I am Anselmo Moreno. I'm Richard David. And we are back again with another podcast this week to help everybody master their credit score so that you guys can get the extra credit that you deserve. Richard, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Guys, uh, I just want to thank everybody for listening to our show. I want to welcome back everybody that's listening to us again. Um, and also... I want to give a warm welcome to everybody who's listening to the show, perhaps for the first time. Mm. Uh, this week, we're going to have a, a catchy subject, catchy title. So I think it's going to draw a lot of new listeners. Uh, so we're going to talk about charge-offs, specifically what a charge-off exactly is. And I think more importantly, what a charge-off is not. Because charge-offs are just a very misleading word maybe or it's maybe highly misunderstood by the general public um so if you're listening to the show because you want to learn about charge-offs you know hang out for us with us for a while because we're going to go deep into the subject of charge-offs like we do every week on any credit related subject that we choose or that gets chosen for us by you guys our listeners uh, so first and foremost richard in plain language what is a charge-off a charge-off is when a creditor decides that you haven't paid the debt for long enough, so they're going to cancel the agreement between you and themselves. Um, that's, that's as basic as it gets. Right. And so generally, as a rule of thumb, accounts that can get charged off are credit cards and installment loans. That's correct. And generally, as a rule of thumb, a credit card will get charged off after 180 days of non-payment. So basically, when you go six months in a row with no payments, the account will get charged off. Um, I, I have seen it where they do 120. It's installment loans are 120. Yes. So installment loans get charged off after 120 days and credit cards get charged off after 180 days. So um, that's what generally happens. Now, really a charge off in, in its basic form, it's kind of an, it's just an accounting term. You know, it, it the debt stops accruing balance. So for example, what leads to a charge off is you go late. So you miss one payment, you're 30 days late, and then you go 60, 90, 120, 150, 180 charge off. While it's going through this life cycle of those 180 days, at every month, it gets new new late fees, new interest fees. So once an account gets charged off, it stops from new charges, right? It just, that that's it. No more, no more late fees. Okay. It's just done. Okay. And then it gets sent to collections. Um, so either an internal collections department Correct. or a third party debt collector. Correct. So that's really what a, the anatomy of a charge off is. Um, so generally, it also means that you obviously you no longer have access to the credit line. If it was a credit card, the credit card is now closed and you're you're done doing business with the company. And in accounting terms, the account gets removed from the company's accounts receivables. So it's no longer, you know, in in an accounts receivable entry in a, in a company's account ledger. Yes. And that doesn't necessarily mean, however, that the company is not owed money. One of the biggest myths that I always hear uh, from my consumers who want to come and speak to me about credit is, you know, but I don't owe them anymore. Well, what do you mean? Why don't you owe them? Oh, because it's been charged off already. You know, then they already forgave the debt. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. When you have a charge off, that doesn't mean that the bank stopped the, or the creditor decided that they don't want your money anymore. It just means that they are no longer 
uh, necessarily actively collecting on this account uh, themselves. Themselves. Um, well, that's also not accurate because if it gets sent into an internal collection department, I guess technically they would, but but not as an active account. Now it's a delinquent account that they're coming after you for. Here's, I think, a way we can make an important distinction mm-hmm. is once the account is, is, okay, if an account is not charged off, you can do, you can... You can fix the account, meaning you can you can if you're past due two months, you can pay the two months and be brought current, and then you get to make your monthly payments as agreed. So or for or ex- work out a deal. Right. So for example, a car loan, if you're two months past due, you can make or three months past due, you can make the payments and then catch up and then continue your installment plan that you had. Yes. Or on a credit card, if you owe ten thousand dollars on a credit card or one thousand dollars on a credit card, it doesn't matter. If you're a few months past due, and then you catch them up, then you can continue to pay the balance over time. Like yes. if no nothing had ever happened. But once an account is charged off, That's the it. whole thing is due. There's no, you know, if an account gets charged off, but you had a five-year repayment plan, the five years is no longer applicable. You owe the whole thing now. It like gets accelerated. Yes. You owe the full balance either on the card or the installment loan right away. Yes. That, that's what happens after an account gets charged off. Now, um, that's that's so that's that's the difference. The big misconception is somehow, somewhere along the line, somebody or some people will relate the word charge off with I don't owe the money anymore. Uh, and it beats me. I I have no idea where this myth came from. I mean, some of these. Uh, that other, one, I don't know where it came from either. Yeah, There's a lot no of myths that, that are based on truth. But that one, I I just have not been able to find out where it came from. But it's still around. And, and a lot of people discuss it. And, you know, we're here to set you straight on it. Now, the other thing is a charge off is generally synonymous with write off. They're okay. kind of they're the same thing, right? So a company uh charge offs or write offs. Um would they be synonymous cuz those are two words that are also used interchangeably. I mean, internally, I guess it could be seen that way, you know, if a bank or a credit card issue or, you know, uh just a lender um charges an account off it's generally for internal tax purposes so they do write the debt off as a as a loss in, in that ins- instance but it doesn't mean that they write off the debt altogether where you're you're just forgiven of the debt that's not what happens um and, and so i can see how those two words can be synonymous right now for credit reporting and credit scoring purposes how bad is a charge off on a credit report well, or how bad is a charge-off for a credit score? It's absolutely terrible. See, the thing with a charge-off is on the credit report, that one account is going to be reporting you negative in so many different ways. One, you have multiple late payments, 30, 60, 90, 120, or possibly all the way up to 180. Multiple late payments. So that's several negative hits. Two, the account is going to get charged off. So now it's going to be another derogatory mark. And it can get even, uh, the problem can exacerbate. Uh, generally, when an account gets charged off, if it does, if the account doesn't get sent to the creditor's internal collection department, they tend to sell it to a third party. Once the third party gets a hold of the account, now they place the entry on your credit report as a collection. So a charge off is one of the absolute worst things that can happen on your credit report. Not just because of the compounding effects that can happen you know, during and after the charge off but the actual charge off being placed on the report is a one of the most negative items that can hit a credit report it's kind of up there with a repossession um, as far as adverse event mm-hmm. on a credit report it, oh it's, yes it, it's it's uh, it's very bad 
um, in in most accounts, like pretty much every single unpaid credit card will result in a charge off. Yes. So if you have five credit cards you let go, you will have five charge offs on the credit report. And, and that's why they te- they're technically, in my opinion, they're worse because that that's generally the practice. No, people don't have just one credit card. They have multiple credit yeah. cards. And so when they're when they're charging off one card, they're more than likely charging off multiple cards. So how long can a charge off credit report for? Uh, seven years. Um, it's just like any other account. It's seven years uh, from the date of last activity. And uh, that's it. it. It goes away unless, you know, other events occur, which, you know, further. Ah, so that meets that brings up another point. So. The charge-off will report for seven years from the date of the first missed payment that led to the charge-off. Okay. That's generally a, a, the credit reporting practice. So you stop paying for the bill. It goes 30 days late. That event is the first event, the first missed payment. Seven years after that, sure, it'll get uh, it'll be seven years and it'll be removed from the credit report. The other difference from the charge-off is that while it's still while it's not charged off, so during months one through six, if you make a payment, you reset the seventh year. Okay, but after it's charged off, a payment will not reset the seventh year. So that's actually a really interesting distinction there from pre and post charge off is when does that seven year start and can you do anything to reage it? We kind of always put out there that you can't do anything to reage the seven year rule, but that's actually post charge off. Mm -hmm. So if the account is not charged off every month that you pay resets the seventh year because it's an open active account of and, course and we see that a lot we see people who are struggling who go into hard times and then they start you know uh distributing their their payments you know they'll skip a payment on this account then they'll skip a payment on another account next month and so forth and so forth and so you know they end up getting sporadic late payments on the account you know before it gets charged off and lengthening the time that it's going to be on the credit report. Yep. But but that's a, a different topic altogether. Um, you know, and another thing is generally with credit card issuers, if it's a large enough debt, um, they may tend to sue you. A, a lot of credit card issues do sue. And then once, you know, once you have that judgment um, on, in your name, well, guess you got what? Another set of problems. It's, uh, for, it's, it's one of the things that compounds after. So this is all post-charge-off, you mm-hmm. know. Lawsuits happen post charge off. That collector start calling you post charge off. Um, it's it's it, double reporting where the collector that bought it ends up reporting on the report. That obviously, that's all going to happen post charge off. It charge offs are not um, like a sigh of relief. No, you, don't, you know you don't. When you see them on a credit report, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have to address the debt. It, it's still very much an active problem on a credit report. Oh, yes. Um, what what else, you know, obviously we've spoken about how with a charge-off, you know, they can send it to collections internally or sell it to a third party. We just discussed how, you know, credit card issuers or, or companies will come after you for the deficiency balance, uh, like auto repossessions. Um, but what else do credit issuers do because of a charge-off? Can you name any, can you name anything else? No. Okay. So So when an account gets charged off, um, there are times, depending on the balance, where they will issue you a 1099C. Oh, yeah. Totally missed that. Yeah. I missed your handoff. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, so, you know, and, and generally that's done because of a charge-off. Um, 
for those of you that don't know, a 1099-C is just a, a tax form. You know, you might want to ask your CPA or, your, you know, whoever does your taxes uh, what they are. But, you know, briefly, they're issued generally when you're settling a charge-off, when you're negotiating a debt and, and uh, you you essentially pay off part of what's, what's owed. Another time that they issue them is when the debt gets old enough and they just decide, you know what, we're not collecting on the debt, but the IRS is going to go ahead and force me to send this to you. Right. Yeah. The, those issuance of the 1099-C, we're getting into tax-related um, territory. And from the little that we know, um, and it's actually a disclosure that we give to all of our clients, is if we if we settle an account and you save more than 600 bucks, the creditor may issue you a 1099-C, which you will then have to give over to your tax preparer and you may have to pay income taxes on it like it may change your tax bracket it's a really complicated thing and obviously it's very individual based on everybody's different tax bracket um, but it can also happen if you don't settle it and that's where it's just a, a very confusing maze uh, for people to navigate even professionals for them to navigate it because there's so many conflicting rulings court rulings and opinions on it um, but the, the key issue though is that they're issued strictly because of charged off accounts. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's charge off just basically means bad. You mm -hmm. know, the account is bad and you have you you owe it in full um, and it'll report on the credit report for seven years. And so, some accounts that get charged off that don't report, like, for example, if you owe money to Sprint, Sprint's not going to credit report that you paid 30, 60, or 90 days late. But technically, they charge it off and then send it to collections, and then it shows up on the report. Sure. So, you know, that's also a charge off. Yes. Um, and then it, it, technically, when you owe a medical bill, hmm. you owe the, the doctor's office, and the doctor's office is not going to directly report that you didn't make your payments. But when they send it to collections, that's also technically a charge off. So it's just kind of, I guess now that we're discussing it and saying it out loud, it's like, the precursor to a collection. It, it, that's what a charge-off really is. And and so that that's what happens there. Um, so how do you fix them? Like, what do you do? So you have charge-offs. Do you just, what do you do? Well, it depends on the situation. It depends what you mean by fixing them. Uh, if you're discussing on how you can r repair the damage on the credit report, there's very little you can do to, f to repair the actual charge-off entry from the original creditor. Um, it's a legitimate account, and unless the bank did something that they weren't supposed to do, uh, chances are it's going to remain on your credit report. However, that doesn't mean that you cannot be proactive about it and prevent further damage. As we discussed earlier, banks tend to sell the charged-off accounts to third-party collectors. Once the third-party collector gets a hold of it, they're going to replace another entry on your credit report, um, or you can get sued. So what do you do? Contact the creditor, contact who, who the account was charged off with and see if you can negotiate the debt. If if it's still with the creditor, great. You know, you, you deal with them directly. If it's not with the creditor, find out who they sold it to or who they assigned the debt to and start negotiating with that collector. OK, and that's that's one way to resolve a charged off account. So. If you're listening to the show, you obviously want to learn more about credit reports, credit scoring. Potentially, you're on your own credit score improvement journey, and you probably have charge-offs on the credit report. That may be why you're even listening to this episode specifically. Um, so the first order of business is to understand, in my opinion, how many charge-offs you have. But second is how old they are. 
that is because true. part of along with your journey you want to figure out is this charge off six years old and will it come off in less than a year's time then maybe you can avoid having to deal with it simply because of time because if your credit repair journey is going to take 12 months or my, or more and the account is going to hit seven years along those 12 months, then you can technically avoid that account. It'll hit seven years. It'll fall off your report. Of course, you don't want to spend time and money on something that is going to be coming off soon anyway. So that would be, you know, technically like probably the first step that you would do, right, is how many do you have and how old they are? And you would deal with the ones that are and the newest. And what balances they are. And what balances they are. And then you deal with them on the ones that are the newest. Now, the, the difficult challenge that comes with charge-offs is that it's hard to locate the creditor that actually owns them. Like you literally sometimes don't see the creditor that bought them. You don't see them on the credit report. No. So you literally have to call the original creditor, spend time navigating their automated system, get someone on the line for them to tell you, oh, we've sent it to XYZ debt collector. Mm -hmm. And then now you will go to them and then they may have sent it somewhere else. So you could be on this maze of hunting down who the heck is the right person to pay, but it's actually the the correct way to handle that account if the account is going to be around for a while. I've seen, folks, just to, just to show you how difficult it is, I've seen a creditor sell the account to XYZ Collector. XYZ Collector then sold it to ABC Collector. ABC Collector assigned it to another third-party collection agency. Uh, they didn't actually sell the debt. They, they assigned it on a contingency basis. Then we contact, you know, that collector and they then reassigned it to their third-party collection agency just to try to find an account it, it, it can be a maze it can it can get really really frustrating and very time consuming absolutely but you know as part of any good credit score improvement plan it is very likely going to include dealing with charge-offs mm -hmm. you know, th those are just few things that you can avoid is is having to deal with the charge-offs mainly because they're going to be debts that are going to continue to actively credit report once a debt collector gets a hold of them. But if you're trying to do anything with your credit, uh, a lender is more than not often going to require that you deal with any large charge-offs. So sometimes a dollar amount could have a lot to do with it. You could have a charge-off for 400 bucks. Your your life may be fine not dealing with that charge-off. But if the charge-off is in excess of 2000 bucks, it can bring a lot of problems for mortgage financing, you're not going to get sued on a $400 charge-off, but you will likely get sued on something that's over $2,000. bucks. You know, Most that's, definitely. That's definitely a risk that you're running. So I, I think that the point is, you know, people will, they'll try to sell you, I can delete charge-offs from your credit report. <laughs> no, they, they, they cannot. Uh, unless there's a legitimate reason, error, or the charge-off is not yours, it is highly, highly unlikely that a credit repair company, us included, will be able to remove a charge-off from the report. But we can potentially negotiate a deletion with the creditor that has it. So remember, we, we've just talked about how one creditor or one credit card company can sell it to a debt collector and they can both credit report. We can negotiate that the debt collector remove the account from the credit report, but that re removes one entry, the original entry still stays on the report. And that's generally what happens when people start dealing with, with charge-off accounts, but it's okay. You know, I always tell my clients like, just because this stays on here doesn't mean you can't have good credit. You know, it'll be on there. It'll be shown that it's a paid charge off. It'll be satisfied. There'll be no more damage coming from it. It'll be frozen in time. It won't be re-updating every single month. And we'll find another way to, to a good credit score. There's many roads that lead to a good credit score. 
um, and we can live with a charge off on the report of over course. time. The score will recover. I mean, it's not. It doesn't mean that you have bad credit for seven years. I mean, it's it's a. I give this simple analogy to my my consumers or my you know clients. You know, it's like it's like you. If you get injured, you know, sure you got hurt, but doesn't mean you won't heal, and doesn't mean you won't get better over time. It's the same concept. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. You know, that's kind of um, the, the the basis for charge-offs. Um, if you have charge-offs on your credit report, it's important that you understand that you will very likely have to pay that back unless you wait seven years or file for bankruptcy, then you don't have to pay the charge-offs back. And remember, folks, um, the accounts that you're more likely to get sued on are charged-off accounts. You know, you're more likely to get sued off on a credit card that you owe $3,000 to or a vehicle that, you know, was repossessed over a you know a thousand dollar medical collection or some you know cell phone services so charge-offs are very important um you you definitely want to take care of them you you want to go through the motions of attempting to resolve those before you do anything else assuming these charge-offs aren't near the seven-year age of statute of limitations you know this just kind of brings up something one of the things that um, i think is misleading for consumers is okay so you have a charge off on your credit report and you get all these letters from these debt collectors and you get maybe calls from debt collectors and they're like, okay, so who do I actually pay, right? Like who should, especially like the story that you gave where there was like seven different people associated with this particular account. Mm -hmm. Like how does a consumer confidently say, I am dealing directly with the correct creditor and they're the ones that I should legally or lawfully have to pay? So and, and like basically so that they don't get scammed, they don't give their money to someone who actually is not going to report the account as paid. So if you if it gets to the point where it's getting it's becoming highly questionable whether this company is legitimate or not, what you want to do is you want them to submit something in writing first. You want them to submit the itemization or what I like to call the validation of debt. Um, once they actually mail you this information, Look them up. Look up their company. Look them up to see if they're even legitimate. Uh, at that point, you're going to get a better idea of whether it's a, it's a rightful person to pay or not. The other thing is you want to ask this question. I think this is a very important question that you guys want to ask when dealing with charge-offs. Is The very first question, if you're talking to a debt collector is, or even the original creditor, is ha, has have you bought this debt or has it been assigned? Right. That's the first distinction you want to make because if they say, no, we don't. We this debt was assigned to us. We don't own it. Then that means that the original creditor still owns it, and they just sent it over for collections, basically doing their their legwork in the collections activity. So, for example, just to give the example, Capital One, if Capital One assigns it to ABC Collections, ABC Collections will take your payment and then pay off pay Capital One their share, and they'll keep their share. Um, so, and and they only get paid when they collect. That would be a true. contingency assignment. That's important to know. Because that means that if you make a settlement offer, you can bet that uh, ABC Collections has to contact Capital One to get their approval. Mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes you can contact Capital One to double check or triple check that they actually are using that collection agency so you can confidently pay them knowing that the money will get back to Capital One. If you ask them, have you bought it or have you, have you bought it or has it been assigned? And they say, no, we bought this debt. We own this debt then Capital One has nothing to do with it anymore. You can call them for verification. They, they basically have no info on the account. They can't tell you the balance. They can't accept payment for it. They have nothing to do with the account anymore. The ABC Collections paid Capital One 
a percentage of the debt, whatever they negotiated, and Capital One is done with it. And now you have to deal with ABC Collections or any of their representative agencies. So that's where it becomes confusing. Mm. But here's the reason why it's important to know that. If you know that they've bought the debt, you can actually ask them in your debt validation for like proof that they bought it. Mm -hmm. And they have to provide some type of certificate showing that they lawfully bought this debt and that they're, they're legal owners of this debt because you want to pay the correct party. You don't want to pay somebody that, you know, and then have to pay the real collection agency because they're coming after you too. So that that is, it's it's actually an escrow. Like it's an escrow document and it's like a chain of title, which is very similar to buying a home that will happen in, in the sale of a debt. And you can buy, you can request that documentation be provided to you. Not only that, it'll disclose how much they bought the debt for. And then now you can provide a good settlement offer knowing what they bought the debt for. <laughs> so very interesting little tactic there that you guys can use. Um, but I think the, the whole moral of the story is understanding the dynamics between a charge off and a debt collector when debts are bought and sold. But more importantly, to get rid of this myth that because an account is charged off, you don't have to pay for it. That's that's correct. Um, so again, we've we've discussed charge offs. We've discussed how you do owe them; they're not forgiven. We've discussed how charge offs can be sent to internal collections or they can be sold to a third party. We've discussed how you are more likely to get sued on a charge off than you're not. Uh, th than other types of accounts, and you are going to likely see a 1099-C if you do negotiate with them. Um, all of this makes charge-offs one of the most uh, damaging accounts on your credit report. So if you have any charge-offs or you are in a financial strait, you know, think, think twice before you decide who not to pay or who, who not to deal with. You want to resolve your credit card debts or... or you know, you're, you're with your creditors that aren't, you know, just cell phones or medical bills or whatnot. Yeah. Um, one last thing uh, this just popped up in my head. Charge offs. Uh, most settlement offers are made post charge offs. So you technically can't also settle a debt until after a charge off. Sometimes they happens right before a charge off. So well, the reason why I bring this up is so sometimes people will go three months past due. Mm -hmm. And then the question is, do I let it get the charge off to then settle it or do I fix it? And, and from a credit scoring perspective, what do you do? From a credit scoring perspective, I would settle it before it gets charged off. Because if you avoid the charge off, you avoid significant damage on the credit report. Correct. the credit score. But from a money saving perspective, if you're in a financial no. buying, nope. right? Charge off. <laughs> you let it charge off and then settle because you get the best deal after charge off. Exactly. So once, there's not one right way to do it. You know, uh, if you're, if, what do you, what's your priority in your life right now? Credit score or money? You know, and most of the time, if you're already three months past due, the answer is going to be money. But yeah. if it's a temporary setback and it was only a three month setback, but now you're fine, then maybe you avoid the charge off and bring the account current and avoid it so that you can your score can recover faster. That's and that's the name of the game to credit repair is what is your risk? What tolerance? What what are you willing to risk? Um, sometimes, you know, you're unable to pay these creditors immediately and you may want to take a gamble, um, you know, let it age a little bit to try to get a better deal. Um, some people won't tolerate that because there's always the threat of a lawsuit. And so they want to resolve something now. Plus they want to be able to buy a house in their near future, not later down the road. Yeah. So, 
No, so that you know that it's it's very individual, guys. And you know, we thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully, we provided some value and some context. Um, not all charge offs are addressed the same, but if you understand them, you can make a personal decision as to how you're going to deal with them. If you guys need some help, please feel free to reach out to us. You can reach us at theextracreditshow at gmail.com. Follow us on our social media at the Extra Credit Show on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Extra Credit Task of the Week. So for any of you who've been listening, if you have any current charge-offs, the extra credit task of the week is to contact the the charge-off creditor and figure out who has the charge-off account. That way you can start making a plan on when and how you want to resolve it. And ask if they've been bought or or assigned. So have they been sold or assigned on a contingency basis so you know which debts have been bought or sold and which debts are only assigned to the debt collector so you understand the difference there. Guys, that's it for this week's show. I am Anselmo Moreno. I'm Richard David. We'll see you guys next time.